My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Real Rescue Podcast. Today we are at HAI Heli Expo, which is, this is the last year they're going to be VAI, and it's going to be what is it uh, Verticon next year in Dallas. But right now we're in Anaheim, California. We're recording live at the Vertical booth, so we're uh, let's see what is it? Vertical Helicast. Yes, <laughs> powered by Vertical Helicast. I love it. So uh, today I've got San Diego Fire Department with me. Super stoked to have you guys here. We've got Tim. We've got Paul. we got Derek, also known as Deke. (laughs) That's how that rolls, right? That's how it goes. Right on. Awesome. And I want to throw a shout out right now to our sponsor uh, of this in particular episode. It's going to be Axness. Uh, their comms, their wireless ICS. Awesome system. If you guys haven't checked it out, please go check it out. Axness.com. It's freaking legit, and we're going to get into some stories here in a minute, and then we're going to talk about some accident system, which is freaking badass. So I'm stoked. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks yeah, for having us. Thank you. Heck, yeah. Are you guys enjoying the show so far? Yeah. 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 First podcast ever. Well, yeah, okay. What about the rest of it? Listening to you, doing... Oh, that H.A.I. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we've, been, we've, been, we've been here before. Yeah. Oh, nice. This, yeah. Is, this is the important thing right here. This yeah. is right this here. This is the highlight. Oh, right heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we I all came you. today. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we're here. Dude, this is awesome. Yeah. And we're not far from you guys. And I'm, what is it, two hours? Hour and 30 minutes. Well, we... Hour, yeah. four, hour 45. Yeah, yeah hour 45. Lights and sirens? No, if you're, dri- if you're driving a city vehicle, it's like three hours. Oh, okay. Gotcha. like a work truck. But oh, okay. if you're in your POV, it's like an hour and a half. Oh, that's not too bad. Nice. Just kidding. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. No, reverse that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's awesome. Well, I'm psyched to have you guys on. Like I said, we're going to talk about a couple things. You guys have a pretty gnarly rescue that you had. And you guys get to fill us in on all that. In addition to that, we're really going to highlight the Axness system because you guys just recently got that uh, involved in your aircraft, and it totally worked out and saved you in this in particular rescue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Freaking sick. All right. Now, before we do that, dude, Tim, give me a little background. How did you get into San Diego Fire? Uh, I started as a volunteer at 14, like through Boy Scouts of America, through a cadet explorer program. I uh, did that till 19 when I graduated medic school and then just got picked up, kind of went through uh, tribal fire departments, stuff like that. Tessa was San Diego, got lucky. My kids were four months old, got hired, went through the academy, and that was almost 20 years ago. Dang. Nice. So, yeah. Are you, are you close to retirement then? Uh, in tomorrow will be nine years. Ooh, from man. retirement. Nice. Keep going. Well, I'm going to go five more. Right on. So I like it. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. 14 years left. Killer. Tomorrow. Dude, that's awesome. Good for you, man. Not that I'm counting. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just calling. No, don't do Don't count. It's okay. <laughs> Paul, what about you, man? Um, kind of the same thing. I started uh, about 15, 16 as an explorer in, uh, in San Diego. And that kind of transitioned into I worked for uh, Cal Fire or CDF is what it was known when I when I worked for it. I got hired at uh, 18, worked 19, 20 years old. I got hired by San Diego Fire in 2000, so it's been 24 years and roughly yeah, 20, nearly 30 years in the fire service. Oh my gosh! Yeah, 
so uh, it's been great same same with with tim you know i potentially have four years left when i when i turn 50 looking to to depart here healthily more with my health right and uh um love my job love coming to work and excited to be around the people that i am and grace by and that's it i mean no no rush no hurry to to exit but because this is such a cool cool job and i'm at the pinnacle of you know i was taught we were talking to someone uh, yesterday about our careers and um and just kind of where it has brought me and if every five years or so my career has taken a turn where i wouldn't have imagined it going you know for the for for yeah. the good and uh yeah right now i'd say i'm on top of my my hill you know i'm in a i'm in a good nice place so it's um, very fortunate bro that's awesome yeah yeah dude it's sick all right Derek. uh yeah and for me uh it started long uh 20 years ago. Yeah, let's get uh, comfy I, here I for Derek's uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I was in college and uh, <laughs> had to make the decision to go military or go the private route to learn how to fly. And I went the private route, uh, learned how to fly, and had to flight instruct for a while after I got my ratings done. And then uh, went to the south and uh, got on with a seismic company, and that's where I learned to fly the long line. Yep. Um, caught a couple breaks and traveled all over the country uh, doing seismic work for four or five years. And that's where I really got uh, refined in my long line skills. And then uh, from there, it kind of transitioned into uh, a company called HeliQuest. And okay. uh, it started moving up in aircraft. And that's where I got into fighting fire. Um, spent uh, nine years with them, uh, flying four service contracts all over the country. And we'd go to Mexico in the wintertime and fight fire down in Monterey. And then uh, in the wintertime, if we weren't fighting fire down there, we were in Alaska moving drills. Oh, wow. Or all over there. All, we were all over the place. So I basically spent probably 12 years on the road chasing helicopters, um, working the normal utility schedule, 12 on, 12 off, or sometimes quite a bit more on because that was before kids and all that. So uh, living life and uh, moved down here, flying Ramona Heli Attack in uh, Ramona, California. And uh, a couple opportunities came up uh, for SDG&E. And flew for them for a couple of years, and then just so happens a spot came open at uh, San Diego City. So we decided to call San Diego home, and uh, I've been flying for them for the last three years, and be the home home for the next while. Hopefully. Right, so, oh yeah. man, that's killer. So, so you've yeah. flown all around? Yeah, we've flown all over the country: Mexico, uh, Canada, Alaska, obviously, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, mostly all utility work, a lot of uh, power line history, building oh, nice. power line structures, um, fighting fire, obviously, um, heli logging. Um, cool. Oh wow, doing nice. All sorts of stuff. So. How many? How many different aircrafts? Oh shoot. Um, okay, don't answer that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, a lot. yeah. More no, than you can no, fit on one hand, you're no, like, no, oh. not any more than probably most people that have been in for you know 20 years chasing these things. Okay. But yeah, there's probably seven, eight, nine different wow. aircraft that are. You know, a decent amount of time in. Oh, that's so, super yeah. cool, man! I so, like yeah, that. It's been yeah. an interesting career for sure, but it's nice to be able to call San Diego home and uh, be close to the family and not traveling all the time anymore. So, oh, it's right good. on! Yeah, it's yeah. fun. So there it is. Hey, I, I did my own. Like, I got a brother that's or a fellow, not a brother, but, uh, <clears throat> a fellow Finned brother, United States Coast Guard swimmer, Josh Maramontes. Oh yes, Weird. do you know yeah. him? He is selected as one of our next crew chiefs. He's in the next crew chief academy. Okay, one of you my go good, down great friends. There, you you just... mean Mr. Time Magazine? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Dude. In the academy, it oh. was all over. I love it. 
Bachelor of the Year, yeah. everything. Yeah. Al Montez. So we were stationed together up in Kodiak, Alaska. And I was going to ask you for dude, it. Dude, I love that guy. I absolutely love the guy. I would love to get him on the podcast as well. So when you get back, be like, hey, you got to go. Quinny said you got to go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Dude, legit guy. I'll leave it at that because this is about you guys right now. But We're Coast Guard uh, heavy in air ops. Really? We have Coast Guard mechanics. Oh, awesome. Uh, him. Uh, another mechanics interviewing right now. Or no, we, uh, Andy's also from Coast Guard. Yeah. And another one's interviewing. Sick. So, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're plucking from San Diego sector. Oh, that's great. That's oh, and great. we got uh, Tim is also on the boats out of San Diego. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I'm psyched. He, he made the captain or something. In the, I don't know how they're ranking. Uh, I'm not familiar with the lieutenant with the uh, Coast Guard rank system. So if it's a little bar, two bars, that would be lieutenant. That, that means something. Yeah, it does. It's, <laughs> it's captain in like the army and uh-huh. lieutenant in the uh, Coast Guard and Navy. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Anyway. And the yeah. fire service just means I got more time than you. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, please give Josh my love when yeah, you guys get we'll down do, there. Yeah, we'll do, for sure. And I, even if he's listening, if he's not listening right now, you dick, you're not listening. Yeah. Get on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to listen to that. he be like, oh, Quinny, you're a dick. <laughs> Your phone's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, totally. Way to throw in it. In the middle of the night. Hey, turn around real quick. What's up? That's my boy Renato coming to you from us, Brazil, right oh, there, man. Right. Renato, to the bank. All right. Eu falo português, tá bem? Ooh. Ah, sí, mi esposa desde Portugal. Sí, yo falo mucho portugués. Hey, that's good. Yeah, you have to talk to him later. <laughs> all right, all right, got it. So, all right, my one of the first things I like to do is I like to hear everybody's like first rescue. All right, and and what I like about it is because it's that the adrenaline pumping. You never know, like the alarm goes off and you're going. Whether it's a fire, medical, heli, whatever you want, whatever comes to mind. We got to. Probably say my first call on a fire engine, I guess, was I was 14 and somebody had a seizure while driving their car and went off and into a fountain. And it was just kind of the first exposure to a medical and a car accident, everything all in one. And I think we ended up driving to the hospital in the ambulance. I don't think we flew them, but where it was was pretty rural. So anything that was over 20 minutes, we were flying them. Um, so I'd say that was probably my first, like, memorable call ever. And to find a fountain, like a water fountain? Yeah, it was like a golf course. And oh. it was like the entrance to that. And the car went off the freeway, probably through four or 500 feet of brush, across another, like, major thoroughfare road and yeah. into the fountain. Oh, damn. And the dude was still in there. And I was like, how does this happen? And. I was only 14. I didn't know anything. And they're like, oh, yeah, you had a seizure. Okay. Oh, that sucks. So that kind of like just opened the door and started everything, I guess. Wow. At 14 years old? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So Bro. I was lucky. I had, fam- I had family friends that were in that department that kind of guided me in. And I didn't really have the choice between the military or flying. It was either jail or fire department. So just kidding. I like, I like <laughs> it. That was the path for most of us. Yeah. <laughs> Either one way or the other. Luckily, I steered yeah. clear of that direction early. Wow. So, yeah. It was, Man, what, what a, like, what a call out for, like, one of your first ones. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was oh, crazy. So. I mean, it, the, the rad thing was seeing all this stuff from 14 all the way to 18 to when I could go to EMT school. Yeah. Was, EMT school was 
a lot easier. And then transitioning, working on a, an ambulance with paramedics as an EMT was easier going through medic school. And I was more freshly rehearsed in studying than some of the other counterparts that were in my medic class. So yeah. it was definitely easier for me right on. when I got there. Right on. So, yeah, it was cool. Dang, man. Wow, what a trip. Yeah. Four, I'm still, like, still blowing my mind. 14 years old. Yeah, I mean, like 14 years old. What was I doing at 14? Not rolling up on a car accident in a freaking fountain, I'll tell you that. Holy cow. Yeah, it comes with its yeah. bad side, too. I mean, oh, yeah. that's that much longer that you're seeing all this stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Dang. now I'm happy where I'm at. It's definitely the, the height of the fire department, I would say. And I, I think I have a cooler job than both of you. <laughs> Noted. You have a pretty cool job, dude. I think so. Yeah. Hi, Paul. So, what was your first? My first. You know, I I don't really know. I can't. I I honestly don't know if I can put my. There's been so many. I've been fortunate to put myself in busy fire stations the majority of my career. Um, I could talk about a real significant incident, and and I probably had five year less than five years on where. Um, it was a legitimate rescue with there's smoke and fire showing in a house that was in the middle of the night. And I know, and I don't know if you, you guys know the feeling, but there's times when the tones go off and you just have a feeling and you just know whether you're going to a working incident or not. Yeah. And, then, and I remember it was about two in the morning. We got toned out and I just knew that this was a, I just felt it right. I'm like, oh, it's on. And, uh, we, uh, I, was, I was on Engine 19. Um, shout out to Fire City. That, that, that place forever holds a, a rent in my heart and the people that work there. And, and, and I truly believe that because of my past at 19s, a lot of like Billy, Billy Alton, who, who just retired, he was with all these guys were Fire City, Fire or at, uh, Station 19 firefighters. Um, we got Tim O'Malley, we got Bill Alton. Who else is there at 19s? Dan was at sevens with them. Dan was at sevens, and so that's what's going to tie this 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 story okay. together. Um, so we 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 roll out and and uh, we roll up first at scene. There's heavy smoke and fire showing, and there's people pulling at our literally as I open the door, pulling on my turnout coat, yelling, "My my parents are in there! My parents are in there!" And there's fire blowing out of the, the front of the house. So I, I could just I literally had to say like, you know, get get away, get away, so we can get to work. And, um, you know, we made access. There's, there's fire blowing out the front. We knocked down the front. We call it transitional attack now. We just basically put, put water inside so you can make access. Okay. Um, pull, pull hose to the front and knock it down just enough just to get inside. And as we, we got inside, um, there was a gentleman with literally his skin sloughing off of him. We, we pulled him out from about 10 feet in, in, inside the house. And as soon as we got him to the front door, I clearly remember, you know, Engine 19, we have a victim at the front door bring you know, uh, uh, ambulance to the front or whatever whatever it was was said and unfortunately that, that gentleman didn't make it and that was one of the parents that was there um, and I do, do know that there was still someone else in there so we really pulled that one out my partner uh, medic at the time stayed with the stayed with the uh, that the burn victim and I made access into the house and kind of one of those places where I could go left or go right and there's smoke to the floor super hot it was like it was surreal like kind of like a movie you know and and everything was kind of coming together where you truly felt like this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. You yeah. Know? And so, 
um, I made it to access to the um, to the one of the bedrooms, and sure enough, there was a, a, a victim in the in the bed. I remember taking my can light. And old uh, Dan Noonan, remember Dan Noonan? Mm-hmm. I remember him. He would always say, "Make sure you take a good can line anytime you go inside a, a structure uh, or work in a structure like that." So I always made sure I wanted to be lit up like a spaceship anytime I went inside a burning, <laughs> so, so people could see me and I could see. And fortunately, I was able to identify. I remember seeing her eyes like a cat, you know, as I as I swept the bed, and I was able to radio out, say, "You know, an engine nineteen firefighters coming out with another victim," and I pulled one out. So. Dan at that time engine seven showed up so one of the other crew chiefs one of my mentors um who was on the um engines engine seven who had helped me pull uh this victim out which was at the time you know the, the pinnacle of my rescue career pulling pulling someone out and uh, and as you know or as we know in our jobs when you when you're in the trenches with someone you have that you know that that cohesion that awareness like yeah dude like we've been through some business together yeah and uh I, you know we share that same um we share that camaraderie but also that 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 deep entrenched um um experience with each other and so uh yeah i had that that awesome rescue dan and i was it was it was intense pulling her out keeping her low i remember my legs were burning so bad my back was burning on fire trying to drag her out she was not a small person but got it, um got it but uh <laughs> but dan helped we well, he helped pull her out and um and then from that point forth you know we we had a lot of awesome incidents there but that's a real significant one and i feel that that kind of laid the framework because not only like i said four of the crew chiefs or three of the crew chiefs came from 19s and one the uh neighboring station station seven and so now all of those those guys are now um, air operations, but only that were guys that I looked up to. So when it, when there was an opportunity in opening an air operations, I remember I had ran a call with uh, Tim and uh, Tim O'Malley, and I was a, the captain or IC on incident, and I saw them flying overhead. It was an open space of a um, it was a mountain biker in thirty nines district backside. I'm sure you've been to that many times, but anyways, I was like. They were flying overhead, and I was watching Tim fly overhead, and I'm like, Man, that's pretty cool. And then there was an opening in air operations, and I called to those guys, and I was like, hey, you know, um, I got a lot going on in my life. You guys got a lot going on in your life. If you guys have your your people, you know, lined up, like, no offense taken, like, you know, let me know, because I'm not here to infiltrate or or get into some, you know, the, the culture's tight there where we're at. And yeah. they're like, no, man, put in for it. And uh, fortunately, I did. And I'm still surrounded by a good group of people and outstanding, outstanding people. And uh, and I'll get in more to that as far as the people we're, we're around with uh, later. But, yeah, that's, that's a real significant incident that I feel um, set my career in a, in a certain trajectory that kept me um, around the great people that I am today. That's awesome, yeah. man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, and, and she survived. You oh, know, she yeah, survived, but no, they, were, they were they were they uh, were uh, an old married couple for many many years. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, uh, he didn't survive, but he survived. And and then, you know, it's just it's great because all those crews that work together. I mean, there's numerous fires that we can go on with. You know, engine twelve and truck twelve, and yeah, all my buddies that worked there in the time. And it's funny because all of us are retired. You know, there's a lot of those guys that are retired now, and so it's good. To, it's good to see them retiring but it's at the same time like see like you know we had our back in the day we had our we had our day we had our time and i'm in a different 
way different position now. Dude, that's so, incredible. Yeah. I, I legit what you guys do. I mean, all you guys. Um, and, uh, I my hats off to you. It really is. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of funny. Like look, people look at me and like, man, you jump out of a helicopter for a living? Like, yeah, it's freaking awesome. And then I look at you guys. You guys run into building buildings for a living? Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Right. Uh, you know. So I mean, you guys are pretty badass. I, awesome. I, I dig Thank it. you. Yeah. You're Thanks. Welcome. All right, Deke. Yeah, well, it's uh, after that one. I maybe I should have went first. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, <laughs> you mean even going yeah. on a car you know accident? <laughs> I think, and we're that we're out here. Yeah. Yeah. We're good, we're good. But but no, it's my my back uh, history is a little bit different than these guys, obviously, because they've been in the fire department for twenty years. You know, so uh, me coming in, I'm going on what three and a half years, three years uh, with San Diego City. So I actually got hired as an outsider. You know, as a specifically a pilot to come in. Yeah. But we've worked 20 years to get to the position to be able to be hired by these guys, you know. So this was in goal. But, you know, you come into a very tight-knit group of guys, which these guys are. So my mentality coming in was, well, you don't want to let these guys down. You know that you can fly and yep. you know that you can do all these things. But you got to kind of break into the, the inner circle a little bit, you know. But with that being said, you come in and we train and retrain and retrain and retrain. So... When you ask what my first call was, I, I vividly remember it because nice. you come in and you train and you train and you train and you know you can fly, but you don't want to let anybody down, right? So the training process is quite significant um, as far as hoist. Uh, the fire side is the fire side, which we've been fighting fire forever, but the hoisting is a new operation for most utility guys coming in. Uh, the hoisting is new, so <clears throat> excuse me, we train day night you know and all that and then there becomes that day where it's like you're good to go you know all your task books all signed off but uh i vividly remember being really close to that in and signed off and ready to go so now it's game time but the first time you're in there and the tones go off you're you still have that anxiety inside you know you don't want to let anybody down so you're like oh shit am i ready you know so i remember suiting up and we all went out and it was uh i remember chris uh Hardnell, the guy that basically trained me all up, you know, as the other pilot, you know, and they're pretty stern on you because they have to be to get you dialed in, you know, right, and right. training was very tough and the call comes in and we suit up and go out and Chris, I remember him saying, hey, you got this one because we were both still kind of staffing. He was like, ah, you, you take it. So, you know, it was a bread and butter call looking back on it, but it was out at Cal's Mountain. So we go up and we're fl as we're flying out, the, the nerves are getting more and more, you know, as you get there, you know. Is that because, you know, you know, like he just gave it to you? Yeah, and you're he like, gave it to me. Oh, it, it wasn't shit. the fact that he just, I mean, <laughs> I think he, he, you know, understood that it was time, you yeah. know. So, um, and obviously, thankfully, had the confidence that I, I was ready to go. So, went out, did the high recon, low con, and we set up and we go in and hoist. Uh, I don't even remember who the medic was that day, but we hoist him in and it's it was. Really vivid. It, uh, <laughs> I vividly yeah. remember. Shano, I was with though. Uh, yeah. but, so yeah, uh, what a, what a guy. <laughs> yeah, we put the rescue medic in, and they packaged him up, and uh, we came back around for the evolution and hoisted him back in, and flew off. And after there's so much training that we did after the call was over, I was like, "Well, that was it," you know. But uh, oh, yeah, it's yeah. just because we trained so hard that right. when you actually get to the call itself. It, the call is easy, you know, yeah. so, yeah. which is a good thing. I mean, it says a lot for our training program and all that, that uh, you're on point when you go out there. So when you, we do have most of our calls are pretty straightforward because it's the same evolution and you're just so used to doing it that yeah. it becomes second nature. So 
So the first, my first call probably wasn't as exciting. It was more anxiety ridden on my part. That wasn't his first uh, one. No, that was that was a significant. That's a significant. That was two but years I, ago. But I would say that mine was just. I had this the same experience because yeah. they we, we we train and train yeah. and train the 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 obvious yeah. redundancy of it for for safety in just competency. But I will say it was nice to get the first one out of the way. So yeah, it was yeah. like, all right, it's on now. Like we can, we can, that's past us now. And now we can move on and just do our job here. So it Dude, was good. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Man, man, I appreciate you guys sharing those. Uh, again, I love that first story. I mean, you know, it could be saving a dog, saving a cat in a tree. And you yeah. know, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. Fire me a little bit. <laughs> but um, I'll tell you what, you guys, did in a you had this amazing rescue which is what we're really here to talk about and you were flying i was you were the hoist, hoist oper- operator okay hoist operator um and and tim you, i'm sorry you're gonna have to sit out on this one just for a little bit because you were not on scene right? i wasn't even i didn't even know they were working that day oh nice <laughs> yeah. kicking it back watching the game yeah i was in la la i was probably in vacation i love it <laughs> i love it all right so paul deke you guys get called out for a cliff rescue so tones drop and what comes over the radio? Uh, I mean, it was just our normal call. It's a it's a call that we get very often uh, down at uh, Torrey Pines, yeah, Black Beach, Glider Port. There, so it's a pretty common call. Other than, um, I believe the call came in with somebody clinging to the side of the cliff. Oh, yeah. right on. Now, so. when you say a common, you get a lot of people down there that they get hung up and like cliff rescue quite a bit. It's uh. It's probably like our autopilot two. No way. Yeah. So it's all slick sandstone that goes into wet center, still water flowing, like runoffs. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of areas where the hills are just like rubbed down and you, as soon as your feet go, you're going down 20 feet. That's like a mild fall there. Wow. And then you can have a 300 foot fall off the top. And then the cliffs have collapsed recently. So that if, and it was right along the trail. So if somebody would have been up there, but we probably go there. It ebbs and flows, but I mean, a couple yeah. times a week, it's not uncommon for I'm us sorry, to I'm sorry, a couple times there. a week? Yeah, I mean, the trails, I mean, a lot I know of the there's a lot of people down in San Diego, stuff, but jeez. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of them aren't significant injuries. It's just, it's a very hard spot to get to. So Got it. a lot of times we'll, we'll go hoist people in and hoist them out with an ankle injury or uh, something okay. somewhat insignificant, but it's just very hard to get them to the top of the hill or to the bottom. So it's, um, we're a much better resource to bring in to get them out Got a lot quicker. Oh, so, heck yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you guys are probably in and out in less than two minutes. And I might be exaggerating. All yeah. right. So hold on. So Let's to answer a question. So when, yeah, when, yeah. We, when, it, when the tones go off in our station, you know, we've got our cell phones that go off too and give us all the information that we need. And usually it'll say, you know, the term is open space rescue. And, and, and we meet up in our, we have a little uh, calm center where we've got two, like, what did you say, 60 inch screen or TVs up, our monitors up, and 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 one has our has our weather, and so we pull all the details of the incident. So, nice. they're the pilot deeks checking checking weather, checking access, checking all of the variables that can positively or negatively impact our flight. Um, and then, as my, my position as a crew chief, I'm gathering all the information, and it comes across on our. It's the same. We have a um, basically like a uh, what are they called a tough book, it's just a laptop on all of our fire engines. Okay, right. It gives us all of the information of the uh, of the incident and radio channels and it, 
location and type of injury and that sort of stuff. Um, given that obviously we're not on a fire engine, but all that stuff comes through in our comm center. So we're able to gather all the information, where it's at, who we're with. And and as we're doing that, we're putting our harness on, harnesses on, getting getting dressed, scanning the radio, trying to pick up as much information as we, as we can before the incident. And I would say in general, oh, and this one was right at, We'll call it twilight. I heard civil light, yeah. and I've heard yeah. failing light. And <laughs> so, pinky time. And what is it? Pinky time. Pinky time. Yeah. What, and what's sunset? Sunset. Yeah. But the pinky time is the sky turns pink. Right. Just before it goes dark. Right. Yeah. Twilight, so, pinky time, all yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah. So um, we we have all our goggles set up. So as we're preparing for that incident, you know, we're we're putting our goggles on. Um, we're one of the only. Um, helicopters that that operate on nvg that's in the county in san diego in san diego wow so we actually operate tony weber know this because i you know (laughs) he goes to bed too early (laughs) mic drop on tony weber what happened so (laughs) he doesn't even hear us flying over his house at night (laughs) but uh yeah so we go we go we go all all around the county um on on nvg but this one was was uh was familiar territory we lifting blocks and um and it but again as we're in route there it's it's the the light as we're losing light because it was a clear it was a yeah it was a it was a nice night it was just yeah we were losing light i mean it was one of those where it could have been we could have been off goggles, but it was transitioning into goggles, so we didn't. Know yeah, it was what just we enough to not. Yeah, we get there. You yeah, put goggles down, and you're like, it's just it's way too much. Yeah. You're yeah. really going back yeah. and forth trying yeah. to pick up, pick them right. up. Right, right. Um, and is that when you arrive on scene, or does it just take off? Well, as we were flying out, we okay. were losing light, so I would say. But it, from where we're based to Black's Beach is about a four and a half minute flight, maybe yeah. five minute flight. Okay. So it's quick. Okay. So yeah, it's quick. So, I mean, continuing on, I guess, yeah. The, well, the call came in to just somebody, a cliff rescue open space. So somebody was clinging to the side of the, the mountain uh, or the side of the cliff there at Black's Beach. And so, so they have the, they're, they're called, fault, or they refer to them as false trails, right? So they'll, they'll go down and, you know, who knows why people get in certain predicaments. I guess that's why the fire department's there, right? Just because people do things that maybe they shouldn't be doing. Right. And uh, this gentleman found himself in a supremely compromised position. He, uh, yeah, when we roll up, they, um, the, the ground crews as well as the, as the lifeguards, because we, we roll in conjunction with the lifeguards. The lifeguards um, own, or they say own, they, they run the incident during the day. And then once it goes tonight, we, the fire department um, runs the cliff rescues in, in the city of San Diego. And so... Uh, they were both there. We had our rescue response go, and given the the urgency of the incident, because once we rolled overhead, like this guy literally was clinging to like a spire, that a false trail that he had like slid down, and like Tim had said, on the the sandstone is super slick. Yeah, this guy had kicked his shoes off, like he was hanging on, and his next fall was. 150 yeah probably at least wow. it was it was it was certain it was going to be a good fall i mean probably not survivable fall. unsurvivable fall wow and so <clears throat> what's funny is it, not funny what's unique about what we do <laughs> <laughs> what's unique about what we do right is in in we've actually had the the, the fortune to fly around we've had a um 
a couple new battalion chiefs uh, promoted and and um, and given them a a, a run of, and, and hoisted with them and be able to show them what exactly we have going on because the conversations that we have going on kind of the thoughts that we have going on and it's funny because you know Deke and I've working worked together in a, in a short amount of time but we're pretty simpatico as far as like work you know working with each other he's a he's a great partner and and um, I think that you know we fortunately have had a good run of incidents together so he's aware of i'm well aware of his skill set as as he is mine so we both have um high level of confidence with each other yeah but still no matter how confident you are i think there's always a we better get this one right yeah because if we don't this 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 dude's in 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 trouble right And, and that's on us right because that fall is or it, he is in a stable position and then turns into a, a fatal fall right. right due to our mismanagement or mismaneuvering or yeah. miscommunicating in any way shape or form so i think in in a way we're all kind of thinking it going you know we got to be on like game on like it's never been before because the majority of the calls that we go on because of our training i wouldn't say i don't want to say well, I mean, face it, inherently our job has is high risk, Agreed. right? Very so, we're, so we're we're taking off an helicopter. We're either, you know, as not only being, whether it's day or night, on, on goggles at night and even during the day, right? We're lowering someone on a cable. So we've got, it's it, that has inherent dangers. And then on top of it, when you add some complexity to to the locations, it, it really ramps or ratchets what we need, what we, finites our communication and our, um, are uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just knowing that he's got to be on, I got to be on, Tim's got to be on, and we're all communicating. Crew yeah. resource management. There's like we're all taking in all input, and and in this and then in this case, when we saw this guy, we're like, well, we gotta get, we gotta go now. And every time that we were orbiting, it was just getting darker and darker because it went from like okay, but in a sense where it was getting. Like we were saying, dark, but when I yeah. would drop my goggles down, I'm like, well, this isn't helping, you know, because I can't it see. It's not dark enough, but it's right. not light enough. Right. So it was, it was quite challenging. And, and on these calls, I mean, obviously, we're constantly reevaluating. I mean, yeah. in seconds, I mean, we're reevaluating, like, what's the best procedure and stuff. So on the way out, you know, we usually prepare to do a screamer suit, which is yep. basically a screw suit that you you put through their legs and then that's like a, a seat big that diaper. they ride up. Yeah. Big giant diaper with it. Yeah. 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 But when yeah. in those cases, when we see a person like this, where there's no stable platform or anything where the rescue medic can stand there or get the suit on them, then it turns into a quick capture, which elevates your level of, you know, um, things need to go right yeah. in that situation. Which in why I brought that up is when, when we're flying overhead, people don't really know what's happening in the cabin. Right. Right. Because you can't hear the communication. You can't feel what's going on because obviously there's communication, Yeah, but there's a palpable, like, dude, we got, like I said, we got to get this right. If we're going to do this, there's an urgency to it. Like we have got to move. And then like the eye, you know, the IC, the incident commander is like, okay, yeah, well, you know, if we can have you guys, we'll probably do this. And I'm going like, with we do, it's a it's a calculated urgency though. I yeah. mean, it, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's urgent. We know it has to be urgent, but you have to receive all the information and make right. the best calculated judgments on what the best way to do it yep. is in a short yep. amount of time. Yep. In to intact gets the safest uh, 
safest evolution that we can get out of the given situation in a short amount of time. Agreed. Right? So it's, it's where uh, you take your checklist and you just tend to expedite it just a skosh. Yeah. I mean, enough to be like, well, we're good in the back. Yep. Uh, check, 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 check. Let's go. And while we, you know, we flew around it more than we would usually. And we just did it. It again. A, a rush. Yeah. I mean, we still do our, our normal procedure. We just know the sense of urgency of the guy. When, once we flew over and saw that he was clinging onto the side of the right. cliff with his toes and his hands, you know, um, we knew immediately we had to go into a quick capture situation. Yep. You know, now, when so you say capture, capture strap, is that what you're using? It's okay. the uh, okay. quick strap. Oh, the quick we have, strap. We have the quick strap, okay. and then we have the uh, the CMC strap hot as well. Seat. Hot seat or? We have the Helitac hot seat. Okay. We have the airbag that we call the Bauman just because that's oh, yep. what it used to be. Yep. And then our, our quick capture, and then we have the quick strop. Okay. Got so it. the quick capture has no netted diaper or anything like that. No, it's, it's just straight across yeah. tension, yep. bear hug, and go. Okay. So for those that don't know, it's we got a couple things. So the quick strop made by LSC, it's strop connected to the hook, and you can slide it around somebody and then slide Cinch. the friction, friction keeper down. The capture strap comes around. It's a big meat hook into a big oh, a D-ring or O-ring. Drop that in. Pull it tight. And then we go from there. So those are, you're looking at capture strap this guy off the rock. Yeah, that's the only way. And, okay. and uh, our medic, uh, Steve Vanderwall, who's, who's close to retirement as well. And he's, he's long been in air operations for 20 plus. Since, since the start. He was on the inception. Yeah. Stellar human. Okay. Outstanding guy. If you want to, if yeah, he's he's sending my way, yeah, man. He's, Come on, he's, let's go. He's, he's one when you're when you when you got him on the hook, you know. Uh, I I can trust that that he's doing he's, doing all that needs to be done. You know what I mean? Like beautiful. there's no there's no question, yeah. right? Yeah. So he's gonna get him. He's gonna get Steve's gonna get him. <laughs> he's gonna get him. <laughs> he's gonna get his hooks on him. So yeah, you know, and I think that as we saw how this uh, individual's position was on on the spire or on the rock or cropping you know we knew that we had to go and that there was no time for guards or our rescue to set up any type of over the side rope rescue because in in that case right we always say to the incident commanders or the people we've been trained like we are a resource to a rescue incident and anything can go wrong or not wrong go uh awry if yeah. if we're up right, we get a chip light, or we've got things that any other variable that impacts us, we're like it's a no go situation. It's like sorry, you guys, we got you guys are gonna have to rope them out. But in this case, it was not that it wasn't that that type of incident. More so, I don't know if you could see from that perspective, like they couldn't see over the side to see like how compromised he was. Like yeah. dude was hanging on, and had he had any more wrong movement. He was going to fall to his wow, to yeah, to death. But as coming in, I mean, we start evaluating that situation, and then I mean, it goes through your head. I mean, are we going to do more harm than good by? I mean, if the helicopter gets over, like how how clung in there is he? You know, but I mean, we're pretty much his only option. But we knew we were going to have to, to like Paul said, do it right the first time. We had one shot at it, yeah, basically, yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, we set up and we set up. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Holy shit! All right, let's go. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. Let's go." You know, and I think I think we all are like, "All right, it. let's go. Yeah. Let's go." Yeah. And uh, and so after we go through all of our uh, our our we go through our checklist, um, you know, and once it's once it was game time, and you know, I think that we it was on the we were on the four twelve, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were in the four twelve. 
We happen to be on the 412, which you'd be curious to see how that would have out, what the outcome would have been in the Hawk, right? It's a little more downwash right. than the Hawk. I promise you that. Right. Yeah, yeah. So just happen to be that, you know, and and um, and so as we as we come over and make our approach, I mean, Deke was was nuts on. Merch really just it it was cool, um, in a sense that as I'm giving directions and we could tell the um the uh not urgency criticalness that's another word yeah for it. yeah just we, it was just it, we were on and he was flying as good as you could fly and and now as as i'm giving the inputs you know and as as you do a as you do a quick capture right we want to come in below the victim or patient or individual we yep. want to come in below because if we go in over top and we drop on top of them, obviously. Yeah. You knock them off. Knock them off. Yeah. And the, um, again, not funny thing, but funny thing was, was as we're coming up, he's reaching out and Steve's like, no, <laughs> don't reach out. Like, keep holding on. And you can't yell that. I mean, he can't hear, right? I mean, you got a helicopter overhead and he's like, stay holding. You, you, you want to say like, stay holding on so I could just come around you and yeah. latch. Yeah. Latch our, our yeah. harness. But, and, I mean, it gets back to, I mean, as flying out, this was one of the first rescues that we had done with the Axnex system. Yep. So we had been having some troubles with wireless comms and whatnot in the past. So we didn't necessarily really trust what we had okay. um, before this call. And going out, we had done some testing and stuff with Axis, and it seemed to work great. So, yeah. so as we're going out there, you know, we're like, well, I mean, we weren't even, we were just thinking it was going to be a normal rescue off of, you know, uh, the, the cliffs so as we did our recon and stuff when we started inserting I mean we had uh, wireless comms and everything seemed to go but in the past we'd had been having issues not with the access system but with our previous so none of us really we always depended on hand hand signals yep. you know head and hand yep. signals and that's still our go-to you know but you know it's nice in this particular situation as it was getting dusk and we started in for our evolution it was getting it was that in-between phase where the goggles weren't really working, and but the shadows were super heavy, so you couldn't really see down in there. Got it. And I think we were, what, 120, 130 feet? Yeah, 130 oh, feet. wow. Which yeah. is our horse profile is about 150 feet. So um, flying into the hill, and the sun's back here, so we had really bad shadows, and it's really fine dirt there. So once we got overhead... And that's what makes it more interesting with the quick capture is you actually got to fly them in below, bring them up, and then kind of pin them against the hillside to keep yep. the pressure on it with yep. the helicopter. So our communication is key in that situation to keep our medic pinned against the patient once we get them to that. And not too close to touch the cable of the rock. You know, so. so yeah, yeah. So we got over and had a pretty strong angle back down to where, you know, in the. The yeah. shades and the angles. So and that was yeah, yeah, that was the other part, right? Because as we're putting, we're actually flying beyond the cliff, cliff, right? Yeah. As the trajectory of the cable. So I remember as I'm as I'm hoisting and looking down, I'm looking, I'm looking farther and farther in between my legs, like underneath the skid. Yeah. Going like giving you know giving the inputs, and so and we had briefed it, you know, like hey, when when I'm I'll bring Steve up, and we'll we'll have him. I don't even remember what, what what our brief was, but I know that it was like, hey, because I gotta, we gotta get short on him, right below him, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll bring him up so he can make a uh, make capture. 
yeah. then once we have capture to kind of hold them against the the wall and then kind of peel away yeah beautiful yeah and um so this is kind of where Axness was, you know, one of the things, like I said, we've, whenever we hoist and we go out training, like we'll fly around and say we, we drop Tim off and we'll, we, we, we pick spots and we'll do an insertion and we'll drop him off. And then I'll say, you know, hey, you got me on comps, Tim? And I'm like, yeah, I got you. And we're flying around, which is cool because there's no push to talk. It's just as we're talking right now. So I think it's a huge benefit because in the past, we've totally relied on on hand signals right and or the the we call them hrm the helicopter rescue medic yeah our medics don't know what we're saying or what's happening or, or what's right. going but now they're a part of even if they're not giving any input they're a part of the conversation they can hear yes they can hear me they can hear deacon when we're when we're communicating to each other and i get in a sense and there's a reason for having limited input because you don't want to add another person into what we got going on because we don't have time for it right really you know it's one more like i said variable that can that can either positively or negatively impact the the incident so but at this time we didn't brief then we don't brief historically our um protocol is basically once they make capture yep they do a head shake a big head wag okay but in the dark and there was no contrast because this dude was wearing dark. So my, our flight medics have, you know, the dark blue flight suit with a yeah. dark blue helmet. And yeah. this dude had a dark, dark flannel or sweatshirt or whatever with a backpack on. So I, I couldn't see any contrast. I couldn't tell. And we're kicking up sand. And it was failing light. So I was really like, dude, I couldn't tell if he was... I knew he was below him, but I didn't know like how much I had to bring him up. And from 150 or 130 feet, you know, trying to figure out like, do I bring him up or do I bring him low? And this is the most critical part of the call because if I pull him up and he doesn't have him, he's gone. Right. Right. Dude's gone. Yeah. And I remember saying at like, it just kind of clicked on like a light. I'm like, dude, he's got access. And I just said, oh, Steve, what I said, you got him. You got him. You got him. him." I probably said it three times because I was I try to be as cool, calm, and collected. As, yeah, yeah. But that was a pretty um, a uh, high-risk call, so I was a little more communicative than usual, <laughs> which is funny because one of my tells of is being less communicative. As I get more stress put on me, I usually clam up a little more versus being more. But I just kind of said, hey, you, you got him? You got him? And Steve's like, up, up. And I'm like thinking to myself, up. Does up mean all the way up? Or does yeah. up mean just up a little bit so I can make connection again I don't want him to lose connection with this person but um I brought him up just enough we had enough tension against the wall yeah and so as I as I brought him up a little bit I could kind of see and then he's like I got him I got him and then once then I'm like okay we're good. Like, dude, huge you that over the radio. I got him got him oh my god Uh, uh, got him that was it because if I couldn't I, I just, he was, you know, and again, if we're, you're, you're flying at 130 feet or, you know, Steve's 130 feet below me with a patient, the difference between a foot of whether we right, knock right. him off or not is huge. Yeah. And so being able to, to kind of give him a little bit more, cause I could see he was kind of around him. He was trying to get, get around him. And, but once he made capture. And so since then, well, we'll get into that later. What we've the kind of the changes we've made because of the the potential access has has given us. Um, With and, verbiage wise, 
as far as right. rely on hand signals, but we've changed our verbiage a little bit for instances like that where we are to lose somebody or to lose visual, visual reference with somebody. I mean, we do everything we can to try that, but we've changed our verbiage to clean it up so we know nice. exactly what you know right. in that situation if it happens right. so so now it's slack tension capture wow right because now i because i need to know did i just need to i needed him to lift up a, you know up up like just was it just a little bit to get under his arms so tension is a call tension or if slack. you need to go down i need a little slack yeah slack slack oh tension, man i like tension. i'm gonna steal those can i steal yeah. those yeah. the nice okay, thing about cool. it is it separates the verbiage of yeah. them so you don't hear up or down, right. which is their calls back and forth. Yeah. So one of the things is we identify who's saying it because the medics normally weren't in that conversation. So it'd be medicals and tension, 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 and he'll take it up, and then I've got capture. Guys, I freaking love it. Mm-hmm. So and I, so and then once they okay, say okay. capture, yeah, versus the head wag, yeah, because dude, With. I couldn't see, I couldn't see his head going back and forth, and I'm like, you got him, you got him, and he's like, up, up, I got him. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we got him. And uh, you know, it was kind of funny because it was a it was a summer evening, yeah, so yeah. everyone's on the cliffs watching yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, at, at Torrey Pines and Black's Beach is like, you know, everyone goes there for the sunset. So it was like and, a. And where we are at the cliffs, like he was down far enough that we were 130, 140, what, 140 feet above him. But the helicopter's level with the very top of the cliff, so the people are right, right there, like right. We're like right, right. at like, the people. You're yeah. like he's looking down. You're looking at the people who wink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> holding his Instagram handle yeah. up the window. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Follow me at this. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was funny, you know, and, and but not funny. It, the uh, the once we had captured them, you know, I, we brought them up just enough. Um, you know, I don't think I said clear all obstacles. I just said we're, we're clear to fly away. I brought him up a little bit. Um, yeah. and, and as he's bringing him up from the cliffs, right? I mean, protocol's always coming up and away from the train. Yeah. And we got yeah. the ocean to fly out over to keep bringing him. Yeah. Bring right. Him but we couldn't, you can't fly away. You know, you can't turn around and about face at that point. And our hoist profile is dynamic, right? So we're flying. We don't f- come overhead and then go into a hover and do a lower. Yeah. No, no, race, no. Right? I, I don't. So, I, I don't like that. Te- this is a personal thing. I don't right. like that technique. I'm, so I'm going to tell you mine here in a second. We, yeah, well, so we do a, a dynamic hoist profile where we, we yeah. are, we're flying in. And so Deke's coming in over blacks, over the Pacific Ocean. Yep. And into, I think at that point it was a northwest kind of crab sideways. A little bit. Towards yeah. towards the, the victim. And then, yeah, when we got him, that was a huge sigh of relief. We lifted him up and landed right on the... Uh, or I so we, we just I didn't bring them all the way up you know we just oh, right we, on. yeah okay. so we don't we don't at that point we um, try to keep them as low to the in the quick capture yep. profile that we we're doing it was a better option just to short haul him up to a safe oh, spot right. to put him down than versus bringing him all the way back up and I the get cab. it so I get it for those that have never ridden in the capture trap it sucks yeah yeah, it, yeah. like and especially the dudes hanging on the rock so you're coming in from behind mm-hmm. to connect and as soon as you tighten that up if you get it underneath the rib cage you can't breathe right. like you as a victim so you got to be higher than that and then you're crushing their chest anyway so they're like <gasps> yeah yeah now so the, that dude, more- we landed. That dude, I think he kissed the ground. <laughs> he hugged Steve. He was so stoked. He was. It wasn't. It wasn't an injury, right? Yeah, Most yeah, people yeah. we go on, they're injured. Yeah. This dude wasn't injured. He he was like, 
you could tell him he was ecstatic to be on the ground. He like wow. hugged Steve. He grabbed his back and he ran. He's like, "Whoa, wait, come here. We're not done, dude." Like, because he was like, you know, and everyone on the cliff was like watching this thing. Yeah, yeah dude. They're like, "Oh my go. gosh, dude!" Like, so yeah, it was it was a, a really significant incident, and and I think not a thing for certain. Axness played a huge role in in being able to execute that without life. Or yeah. damage, damage to life or property in any, any way, shape, or form. And it just so happened that because we just got access, thanks to Tim, on our uh, on our Hawk, which we didn't have before. We were transitioning from a, from another comm system. But again, it, oddly, we just happened to be in our 412, which has access. So had we not been on the 412, that, that incident would have... If we had not had that communication, it would have been way different. Like, I'm not saying we would have been able to do it or there's certain death involved, but right. it was definitely no. an, a huge um, positive to be able to say, dude, you got him? Yeah. Yeah, I got him. Yeah. That's it. Oh, my God. Yeah, because the head wag wasn't working, dude. <laughs> yeah. Head wag, failing oh, light, man. goggles, and sand were the, you know, all that stuff, which just kind of made for a, a, a unique situation so yeah i think we got back and we're like oh my gosh dude that was gnarly <laughs> <laughs> what do you want for dinner yeah yeah, yeah. which is funny yeah yeah what are we eating for dinner now yeah, yeah, like right we yeah. just go back to doing whatever we do yeah and oh uh, my God, you guys. i was pumped i really think that that was one of my not that was my most critical hoist that so speaking of like what's the most memorable like rescue or whatever yeah. like that one for certain is is was the most uh, impactful for me as a, as a crew chief in air operations. Cause that one was like, everyone had to be on and the outcome was huge. And then enough to be able to give input because we train, yeah. you know, we train quick captures that are done like the real thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't, we can go, oh, we can put like a couple, like someone out on a rock and we'll go, Hey, right. we're going to go ahead and vector them against the rock and yeah. do the head whack. Yeah. But dude, it's different when you put a right. life, life or death consequence on that, which yeah. not to sound dramatic, but it was, I mean, yeah. dude had that guy fell and it was funny. Cause then when we all came back, we could kind of breathe <laughs> and we're like, dude, were you thinking like, holy shit, like I was, and then, yeah, dude, because if, because <laughs> if it goes wrong, right. Dude, how do you, yeah, how do you, I've seen too many not cool things, and that would have been one that probably would have put me over the top. Yeah. And so, yeah, that one, that was a real, real good one. And so, again, now that when I talk about having significant incidents or being in the trenches with each other, like, it it builds a bond, you know? Right, So, you know, like, what our capabilities are, you know, And, and, and as you gain more trust in in strength in each other you're like yeah dude let's do it whatever we got and but it also you know like we had calls the other night where yeah i was just going to mention that we're going to divert real quick to thank our sponsor axness the axness png wireless ics system delivers cutting edge wireless ics technology to any aircraft as a fully integrated system or as a carry-on carry-off mobile base station the PNG wireless system is the right solution for any mission. The other night, yeah, you know, we had a call. When we make calls, you can trust each other that we're making the right call. There's no like, well, what's he really thinking? Or why is he doing that? Yeah, yeah. Because the more that we run these incidents... 
together, um, the more we're able to go, one, be on a non-spoken, like, understanding. Like, what are you thinking? Like, I'm already thinking, like, no, dude, this is a no-go. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or I'm yeah. already thinking, like, we're going. Right. And he's probably thinking the same thing yeah. as, we, as we work more together. Yeah. And to paint the picture for what he was just talking about the other night, we go out at night. It wasn't super late, but it was dark dark it nine, and it was yeah, 9 30 at night way out in east county so it's out in mountains way out east not a very common place for us to go in the middle of the night you know i mean it's common but not all that frequently that we're going out there and we get a call that uh, there's a hiker missed and we rolled up on scene and we did i think three laps around it and we were both like uh-oh that's not a that's not a hoistable spot because they were the patient's Cantilever. dog had went down into a rock crevasse like way down in just with the the light and the terrain it was super steep and down in these jagged rocks and then within five minutes you know of doing a couple laps around it and assessing it we were both like i don't this isn't a this isn't a night hoist operation here just only because we couldn't get dre down between yeah. all the rocks and get it in there you know yeah, the really, risk versus reward right. was just way too high in that situation so that's what's nice being on the same page you know right. it's a group effort uh, to say yes, but more so to say no. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 You got to be able to do that. And yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't think about the, you know, the five Marines, unfortunately, that just right. that crashed and lost their lives because we were, were just across the freeway from them. Yeah. So as we're going out on goggles, you right away, we're trying to, our job is to do risk, you know, risk analysis right right away right, like right. what's the risk what's the reward um and again for the the patient or the victim on blacks you know like we needed to go that was there was urgency to it there was a time wedge there that we needed to act now um the call we went on the other night you know i think is one of the things and, and we get um you know great support from our administration great support from our higher ups fantastic yeah that's uh, so good chief, to hear chief, chief mcfarland and uh chief lozano and, and, and I know all of the San Diego Fire Rescue um, Administration really um, allows us the mobility and latitude to make these decisions because they're like, you know, I've had to call our shift commander, which is the one that's in, in charge in, in the middle of the night at 2.30 in the morning and be like, hey, you know, this is what we have presented to us and why we're denying the mission or why we or what our concerns are or yeah. can we get this or whatever. And they've been super supportive and super cool. I've never had any backlash of going like, hey, dude, why didn't you, why? There may be a why yeah. didn't you do it, but not in a sense of like, why didn't you do that? Yeah, what's wrong with or you? Or what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. It was Are you more not like, good enough? hey, dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. we want to play. Right. No, Dog wants to no. hunt. Like, let's yeah, go. Let's go. Let's go. Totally. And, this, and we're all like, like we, we want to do it, but within reason. And I think that given there's been unfortunate, a lot of uh, air tragedies in our region yeah. you know i mean yeah. uh we've had a cal fire a couple cal cal fire and um in close proximity we had the um san diego sheriff san diego sheriff yeah 225 that one and then uh, the, recently the marines then the marines yeah. and then there what, was that was then there was a private a star that was flying oh. out for the super bowl oh. right that hit wires oh. or something off i the didn't 15. hear about that that was a 130 that was or, more palm springs area but right yeah. oh. so oh okay so the, but a lot of but, weather um particular you know incidents but, yeah. but but remove the weather right i think it's always kind of a it concern, you know. I've got a yeah. wife and three. We all got. Oh, I've got a yeah. wife and three boys, young boys that I know that depend on me coming home, and yeah. I and I 
we all depend on each other to make sound judgment decisions to know that that we're operating in best practices using um, you know hazard mitigation and risk analysis in all of our um, action plans. Yeah. And you know, again, where's this going to be in 15 minutes, half hour, hour. And then again, the other day when we met with that, we had a patient that was, um, you know, on NVG in un, I wouldn't say unfamiliar terrain, but familiar enough to know that this isn't like our Black's Beach or our Cow's Mountain or our Potato Chip Rock or whatever. This was a, hey, we're flying across from, literally across from Kitchen Creek where that, um, there's a super stallion that went down. Yep. You know, two weeks ago. Yeah. And then now we're flying around with trying to get a guy that, you know, he, the outcome was, you know, he lost his dog down a little, like, we'll call it crevasse. Because it was. I mean, he yep. slipped down this rock chute. His dog fell down it. And then he went down after his dog and he couldn't get out. And then he had, he was able to make the call on his cell phone. And then we get overhead and we're like, dude, we can't, we'd have to fish our med again. Oh, yeah, no. And there's no, you know, no. no way to do that. But he wasn't injured. It was cold. Yeah. And then so fortunate, you know, again, when we rely on each other and I'm like, hey, Deke, we're, we're, I'm feeling what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not, yeah. we're not good on this. But in the sense, because the urgency and the time wedge didn't present itself, right? right? Because that person, the urgency of like, um, you know, health and, and safety he was just stuck. Yeah. You know, and that was, but that's part of it, I think. But the other part of it was, is there was just no good hoistable spot to right. hoist. Yeah. So, I mean, even if it would have been a more urgent situation, there just wasn't a good presentation for a hoist there. So, so I mean, even at that, uh, you know, I say it on this podcast all the time, their emergency, not our emergency. No. We need to come home. Right. Like we're, we're here to help in every possible way that we can. Right. We are, as my buddy, my brother, Matt Thiessen would say, we are professional problem solvers. That's what we do. Right. But your emergency is not my emergency, and I'm not going to make your emergency my emergency. Yeah, add, so, to the, add to the emergency. Yeah. And I have, I have flown away from like scenes as well, kind of irritated and like bummed or pissed off or whatever. And you, you're like, you know what, man, I'm going home. Right. Why am I mad? I'm, well, I think in a way, yeah, we always kind of double we always bounce questions off each other yeah, to like, like validate we, or substantiate yeah, yeah. or go hey am i making the right call right. but at the end of the day yeah the yeah. one is that you know in a sense where you know i was like hey d can we land because there was a, a a cal fire battalion chief down there and i was like hey i'd like to have a face-to-face with them if we can so he's like yeah dude i'll land and we, we landed right next to him which is great because we can see this guy on the hill because he's got his cell phone light on and we can okay. see him like up on the hill nice and i was like hey chief does he have a f- we can we talk to him like i don't we have no idea like how he got there what his resources are is he injured why he's there like like it's kind of, you know what i mean like we're just flying overhead of this dude and he's stuck yeah. and it was essentially because he was in the little crevasse but he was the term like he was you know like when you tree a cat or you yeah. if a skier's cliffed that they've gone or like the our our guy at blacks down a false cliff and the next movements down, like he couldn't go down because he was cliffed. Yeah. And he, but he was inside a little like cantilever crevasse where you could see him in the crack, but we were unable to get him. But once we were able to land, I was like, Hey chief, do you mind? Can we call him? And I called him. And oh, I was like, wow. Hey, Paul Shuttleworth, I'm a, I'm a crew chief for San Diego fire <laughs> on the helicopter. Hey, I just want to ask you a couple questions, you know? And I would ask him like, you know, is he, is he injured? You just do a quick little battery of, of a, an assessment, right? A medical yeah. assessment yeah. to prior then to, to either upgrade or downgrade the call. 
he was totally stable. He seemed like he was more concerned about his dog, right? And so this is starting to paint the Get picture it. of urgency or yeah, lack yeah. thereof, right? Yeah. So I'm going like, okay, well, this guy's not meeting our criteria. Or, you know, unfortunately, you know, he had gone out and he didn't have, this is probably in the 40s at that point. I mean, this was last week. Okay. You know, so he, in the East County, San Diego, in the mountains, he's in the 40s. He had a T-shirt. He had no water. He had no um, food, no, and he was stuck. And it's like, well, dude. He's going to be cold for a couple hours because they got to send ground crews in. And they did. They ended up getting ground crews in. And that's the, I think that's the, the, the moral of the story. Was but they got him out, right? They got him yeah. out. That, yeah. It doesn't matter how you do it. Get him out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah. It, cool. it's and, and like I said, we're down to do it. Um, and when we can't do it, it's for with damn good reason. And we have the support, the administrative support that supports our decisions. Yeah. Where I'm not ever like scratching my head going, oh, man, I hope I don't get a call from so-and-so. Right, right. But even if I do, I'm at the point in my career, like I said, I've, I've, I've worked to get to the position to make, I think that was, you know, this is my interview question yeah. or questions, you know, like how do you, how do you, you, you know, mitigate risk or in hazard and, and what's your process? And yeah. for me, I think I truly said, you know, I'm at the point in my life where, you know, not only my career, but, you know, personally and professionally that I'm, I can say no to these things and not right. let my ego right. get in the way that makes, I'm that could you. compromise a decision making by going, oh, dude, we can do this yep. versus going like, hey, you know, we got to make a, um, a profound decision that can either negatively or positively impact not only the victim or patient, yeah. Yeah. but us. Right. Right. Well, you know what? Let's throw something else in there, which is kind of, I'm going to usually write funny. It's kind of funny, right? Yeah. And by the way, I love that word because it kind of, it, it really highlights how we have to get through things. Right. It's yeah. funny, man. It's not funny, but it's, it's funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, you got to find humor yeah, in everything, everything, right? And I think it's, help, it's, especially it's therapeutic. Do. Totally. It's therapeutic. But all right, so let's, let's uh, change the scenario or same scenario, right? But you get a chip light. You staying? No. no. You leave. Right. We get a chip light. We're leaving. So yeah. it, it, there's no difference with it. You've just made a decision based on the information that you have, period. Right. So, like, come on, hoist brakes. Well, we're not hoisting. We're leaving. We're going home. Right. Hey, find another option. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I think people, you know what? I'm going to say me. I think for me, when I get on scene, if aircraft is working and, and I've got somebody down there, I want to go do something. And if we make the conscious decision and I haven't even tried to go do something. It's just a shitty situation. I'm like, man, what if we could have? What if we could have? But if we had had a chip light, there would have been no question. No, oh, no, we got we to gotta go. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like, I think that's where that comes up. And, and I'm with you. Like, their emergency, not my emergency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah we certainly um, don't want to add to that. Nope. So I want to circle back to the cliff rescue for a couple things. The first one is you were talking hand signals. I love your hand signals. Now, one of the things about Axness specifically is I love to be on comms as the rescueman, but I don't I don't like to actually talk back. Now, you had mentioned it as well. You don't want to have one more person in on ICS that's talking over everybody else. But if you ask me a question, I'm like, yes, I give you a thumbs up. That means yes. I give you a thumbs down. Oh, no, he's not good. Mm -hmm. Or if a wave off or something, I'm, right. I'm giving you a, a hand signal that we know. But if it's... You ask me a question, and I just give you a hand signal back. And I, I love the fact that you guys already do that. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is you were talking about uh, so communication with your in and out. So hoist cables go in and out. Helicopters go up and down. 
Slack and Titan. Tension. 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 Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. Yeah, Slack and Tension. Never even thought about it. I absolutely love it. I'm I'm, I'm totally stealing that. Yeah, I'm going to say it was mine. That was a so, yeah. yeah, please do. <laughs> that was a gift. It was actually trademarked by Ricky Bobby. Inc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, All right, you guys can have it. It's like getting to capture you out. Yeah. yeah. But that was so, a huge concern, I mean, of the lingo because, I mean, if Slack we if it's not direct who's saying it, but if yeah. we know Slack or tension, yeah. I mean, it's an immediate, like, we know or the crew chief knows, you know, yeah. that it's coming from the, the Oh, that's medic, great. So, and yeah. for everybody that's listening, I hope you guys can take that as well. That That is brilliant. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Slack kinda, and tension. Slack online yeah. intentional, and that kind of came from our rescue yeah, operations. Rope, rope rescue, yeah. Yeah, rope rescue. Oh, it's great. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, and it's, uh, it's particular oh. to the hoist, right? So, yeah. again, there's for no, sure. no mix-up of where it's coming yeah. from or, right. or who. Right, right. So... Um, yeah, there's there's other like hand signals that that I I go back and forth with with you know I mean like the the uh, circle of HUD. So you uh, do that. Yeah, but it's or, funny you remind me because from our perspective, yeah. and I mean, when we were going through our academy, when you see this, yeah, a lot of times when they're doing this, you right. can't really tell the difference. So this is a finger circle up or finger circle. But down. I can't tell from my right. from my vantage point whether right. they're doing so this. So then they do an arm lift. Or a or a down, like a down or, yeah, a circle uh, down have to be or like, yeah like yeah a, uh, yeah so There's a whole know, bunch, we yeah so we've gotten away from any of this because yep. this can I don't know so this but would be circles and circles hand circles yeah sorry because this is people that are listening they right. can't see you do right, hand right, circles right, right. I can explain this <laughs> <laughs> what I'm seeing circle yeah, yeah. circle the, uh, cowboy it up yeah, yeah. cowboy circles yeah. Swing your lasso yeah but what's interesting is that when like if you get into hoist and then or short haul. You're like aircraft. Like, what's an aircraft up? I'm bringing my arms up for aircraft up. Mm-hmm. So what do I need for cable in? So cable in, I need a different... Okay, now I'm using one hand signal. So mm-hmm. you got to be careful of, like, what hand signals are what. So, they, again, come back to the your tension slack. Mm-hmm. I love it. Helicopters go up and down, climb and descend. Sure. Get it? Yeah. Hoist cables go in and out. Mm-hmm. And now you have tension slack for the guy on the hook. Right. Dude, love it. Yeah. Love it. And, and yeah, I think historically and, and a majority of the time, there's really little input from the from the HRMs. You know what I mean? To 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 right. eliminate yeah. the that air. You yeah. know, and, yeah. and it and it's incumbent upon the, the crew chief to be able to identify like, hey, you need to be up or you need to be down. Right. Or right. You know, we did ha- we did have one just a couple weeks ago at night again in what we call the Ho Chi Man Trail, which is a big slot canyon basically that's down to the side of the the cliffs there. And we were inserting Paul and I were inserting a rescue medic uh, Barry in there, and it was a challenging one. It was night and it's tight in there, and we were in the Hawk, and just having the access for calms was because we were. <laughs> It was a very challenging, and it, he, the patient was kind of on the downside of an overhang. Yeah, and here yeah, it was and a cantilever. Was and, and we got just a little bit of a swing going in there. Um, on on the purpose? Hook. No, oh, no, it was, oh, a, okay. it was a spin. It was a spin, Ooh, Sorry, spin yeah. not a swing. Okay. And I'll because let you that's the story. I was flying, so I couldn't see him. But <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> I got you. And again, right? You're trying to execute this, and much like Deke was saying, like. Barry Links, who was our uh, who was our medic, who I love dearly, is academy mate, and is just an outstanding human in general. Right? I'm like, I don't want to let these guys down. If I got any one yeah. of them on the hook, I don't want them swinging 
I don't want them spinning. I don't want, I want them to have total trust in what I'm doing and how I'm handling their safety. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we had kind of incurred a little bit of a, uh, a it spin. Was, it was a train driven. I mean, it was, it's a big box chute coming down. So, I mean, the rotor wash caught up. We got slow a little bit on purpose because it was, you yeah. know, it was a super steep drop yeah. down hang. So, so yeah, we had to clear the cantilever. So we yeah. kind of had to hang overhead a little bit as we're, as I'm, inserting Barry, he picked up a, a swing. Again, this is another kind of a, I wouldn't say a critical incident as far as the particulars of the incident, yeah. but I would say critical as a real challenging hoist. It's challenging hoist. Probably the most challenging of our area. Doing that, not only that trail, but that part of the trail. Again, wow, yeah. me and Deke seem to get the <laughs> get some good, like... We have been lately, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. we get some good ones where it's really like, it's it's cool. We're up for right the on. challenge. That's awesome. But because of Axness, we were able to. Barry was like, "Hey, dude, I was moments from waving off." Oh wow! Yeah, because he he goes once I lose reference and he starts spinning. Yeah, he's like, I I don't know, and he and he's on goggles. Right, right. So he's looking for his 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 uh, target as we're putting him in. He's on and, goggles on the hook. Yeah. Nice. Snarly. Yeah, dude, they're so uh, not, yeah. wow. Yeah, so that's not normal for me. I, it's not something I usually do. Yeah, so wow. it's a constant back and forth. Yeah, so like you're picking up hazards and targets. Yeah, and then by the time you you get to your target, you can kind of see under the goggles with the searchlight. Okay. So, yeah, it's, and then you have to worry about whacking the wire with the goggles hanging off the right. front of the helmet right. and everything. Yeah. So yeah. so th- yeah, that. Incident was again was uh, I think subdued because of Axness and Barry could hear us communicating and he goes, dude, if I didn't when we were done and we have our AARs after every flight, we have our our AARs. You know, what could we have done? What would you like about it? What you didn't like it about it? And whatever, or what could we we have done different? And Barry was like, dude, if I didn't, it, because of your guys's communication, I could hear the calmness in your voice and your delivery. That I was like, I'm good, even though he's like. I wasn't good, but because you were good, I was good. And I think that that's a big part is when they're able to hear our communication and realize like, you know, whether, how much are they committing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because if he can hear me being like, uh, yeah, uh, (laughs) like kind of like give this like janky cadence on the way in. He's like, dude, what's Shuttleworth doing up there? Can we abort this? Totally. Yeah. And so that's what he said. He goes, you know, and then, and at the same time, again, we're not all communicating it Yeah. for good reason. Cause not to one that I don't know if it was particularly necessary, but we know that we're like, dude, I only want to do this once. Yeah. Cause if we got to do this again, it, We're still going to incur spin. There's still going to be the challenges. Like, we got to do this right the first time. And we're all kind of thinking that as we're going into that last voice. And because of Axness being able, Barry being able to hear Deacon I's communication, you know, it, it, it gave him the sense of calmness that we were, he could tell that we were working through it. We knew it was a challenging one and we knew that he had incurred a little bit of a spin, but we weren't out of the fight. It was nothing dangerous yet or the position wasn't bad. It was just a challenging challenging one and he could hear that we were working it out together with small movements and inputs yep. so he was able to stick in there a little bit longer versus not having the calms it would have been like what, what the hell is going on up yeah. there you know yeah 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 um you no, know, I, so I it love pretty it. cool dude i love being on access um what one more thing i almost forgot when we talked about it uh 
when back to the the rescue of the dude hanging right so coast guard wise this is my world in the coast guard is when we have the guy it's usually a quick strap that we use um ready for pickup so for you guys captured mm-hmm. i've got them mm-hmm. it's ready to lose positive contact so i'll literally point away from the cliff and instead of hoisting up or down or in or out, we'll just slowly move away from the cliff mm-hmm. to come away. Is that what you guys do? Mm-hmm. Okay, done. So we're, we are talking the exact same language. It's a beautiful maneuver. Which is sounds good on paper, but when you have a cliff that does, you know, there's, yeah. it, it, like I said, the, it, it's always, you know, it's never like we train, right? right. Even no, the fire no, department, no. like yeah. we train like ladders and like open, open, Concrete, um, concrete areas, miles. but in the real life, when you're throwing a ladder down a, a five foot walkway with cars parked and fences and pit bulls and <laughs> trash cans, you know, and and air conditioning units, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Or even when we do hose, it's like, hey, we'll do this hose and do whatever, and then you know, you bring that to hoisting, right? Yeah. In the ideal world, when you're like, oh yeah, when we bring it to a cliff, it's going to be a flat cliff face, and yeah. or even like the call there at night, like, oh, it's going to be whatever. And then I'm like, I don't even think I've ever even seen that type of. Rock, rock formation, rock formation before. Like, well, I don't even know what to call that. We were yeah. like, that's a crevasse. That's what you call that. Like, I'm like, dude, we don't have crevasses in the sand. Like, people are listening to a crevasse. The these guys talking the about yeah. it's a big crack in the rock, but it was. I mean, I never been. It's very unique. The things that you see, yeah. And um, from our, you know, vantage point. And again, then you throw goggles on, and it's just. Yeah, unbelievable. Whole I still trip world. out. Like, I'm like, going, dude, if my wife saw what I'm doing right now, <laughs> and she is just... dude, my wife doesn't even ask. Me. Right, I don't even want to know. I don't right. want to know. Dude, but, I love it. But yeah, we're back to your point. I mean, that is always our goal. I mean, obviously, always a straight pull. But once he's up, I mean, up and away from the, yeah. the given train yeah. to get him, yeah, yeah. get him flying again. Yeah. Right. It's just to get him away from the cliff and, and any mm-hmm. obstacles and stuff. But I, I'm, man, we're on point. You guys are legit. So, um, circling back. Where, Tim, I'm not bringing you into this conversation now. Why did you choose the Axness system to come in? And I, I know we're running, we're running a little bit long here, but I like, I'm, I'm digging this, man. I get all, I geek into this stuff, guys. It's like, I can't get enough of it. But for Axness system, so what, what made you pull that? So in 2018, we came to HAI here, yep. and we were just about to, we were finishing out the build out of our S70i at the time, and so. We ended up not going the normal route and just going to UR and saying, hey, we want you know, this helicopter. Yeah. We went to Sikorsky and bought the airframe and then came with the hoist. And then we put the tank on later. We had uh, Hangar 1 do all of our avionics stuff packaged for us and everything. So we were kind of looking around. And at HAI, I found Axness and probably spent about two hours speaking with the reps and, and just kind of really getting into the weeds on everything on the functions and what it did and how it wasn't quite an EPIRB, but you had this even better technology that yeah. anybody within 50 miles is going to know where you are, which in San Diego, there's a boat within 10 miles, you know, and there's aircraft everywhere. It's a very busy airspace. So we looked at the Axness and, and it was the first step in going to a wireless communication system. And so we, we got a lot of feedback on it, and uh, we ended up going with a different vendor at the time. And it was just kind of the timing with the build-out of the aircraft and everything that we ended up with this um, other wireless system. We'll call it Brand X. Sure. <laughs> um, so Brand X has its, its niche market that yeah. it's, it's probably great for. And okay. 
um, it, it did work for us. And it opened that door of understanding what wireless communications could do, where we could use it, how it could further our program. Yeah. And, um, you know, even because we fly as a crew of three. So you're single pilot in a Blackhawk with a crew chief in the back and a flight medic in the back. So now all of a sudden the flight medic is part of the starting process. That was never the case with our 412 or our 212 before that. Yeah. So all of a sudden we're learning Firewatch and what the APU is and droop stops. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. oh come on. Yeah. Okay. I flew my 60. So, I love my 60. Anybody that's getting a hawk should watch videos on YouTube of just droop stops going in and out so right. you actually know before somebody's like, oh, yeah, you see that? You're like, uh huh. Yeah. Or you need a laser pointer at like dusk, like, okay, totally. these are the droops. This yeah. is watch how they the line looks flip down and yeah. they flip up yeah and so uh even still sometimes i'll look over and i like the droop stops are moving right and they're like yeah i got it down now i know i know when it hits 38 percent an hour i'm like oh dude you're at 38 you can pull a break that's so funny but so so we started with this brand x and um we're just we're kind of Updating our 412. It's a yeah. 2008 Bell 412, and it was due for some overhaul. And so at that time, it was like, well, if it's going on for avionics, let's go with the Axons. So we got in touch, purchased the Axons system, Hair One installed it. Uh, Trade Axons was phenomenal. This is, you know, he's calling from Florida calling me and being like, this is how you program and, and make yeah. the adjustments. So when we first put it in, it was a little bit off as far as the um, impedance levels and, and the volume levels and output gain and all that stuff. Yeah. And so Trey walking through it over the phone, like literally, I don't even think I had Microsoft Teams. I downloaded it and like set him up and he's like walking me through baby steps, get this thing and it is functioning like as perfectly as it can oh, I for love us. It. So it's crystal clear, good comms, no connection issues, uh, reliable. And so we, we ended up getting the fixed Axness system with the remote charging on board nice. and then the desktop. So overnight we'll keep them, you know, in the desktop chargers and then, yeah. you know, take them with us if we get a call. Yeah. And then during the day it's just in your harness ready to go. Yeah. And um, so we got that system and then we all started training with it and it was like they were saying there was a this trust issue right where brand x was not reliable would almost be an overstatement for our program and then we went on and started using the axness and started gaining that trust and building that in then they have these incidents and it's like okay we actually uh fast fast-paced our procurement by getting a um, mobile unit for our, our S70i. Oh, nice. So Very nice. right now we have Brand X yep. is sitting in the tail boom and we're running the mobile Axness. Oh, that's beautiful. And all the other stuff is just sitting in a box. Nice. So we yeah. completely walked away. Axness has been phenomenal. We've been able to integrate it into other components that have had issues before as far as communication systems. So we can run a combat style rescue helmet with right an 800 megahertz radio, Axness, and talk through technology that's all waterproof and lit up and everything. <laughs> so it's like a one-stop shop helmet setup. And other places were having issues with this. 
And somehow in working with the vendor of the communication system and working with Axness, we found something that worked. And so basically our, our setup now is we go out on push to talk for any normal hoist so that they don't yeah. hear us yep. yelling commands or anything like that. And there's not that interruption in their cadence. It is sterile between the two of them. If there is a quick capture, then we, or even in the water, we will go on Vox so that we have that positive talk without utilizing our hands. Because when we use our uh, quick capture, yeah. we use our quick capture really as a safety. So we bear hug as oh, hard as we yes. can to keep it on and loaded, but not pinching through the ribs. So when we go train, we put on PFDs before we go quick capture training so that yeah. you kind of disperse that pinch. Yep. So when we do the quick capture, we don't have any hands. That's why we only had the, the head signal because we're just bear hugging as tight as we can. And so what we've decided is by moving the axis, the push to talk is out of the way. We can set it to Vox. We can go in and affect the rescue, have comms, still use our, our head signal because that's our, our fail safe. Yeah. And we don't want to change things. We're just adding. Yeah. And so we will go in Vox for water or quick capture Dude, I or if it's that. briefed. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I, I love the fact that it works so well for you guys. I love the system myself. I mean, it's it's one of those things as a hoist operator, and you're you're up there at 150 feet, and you're like, "Hey, bro, you gonna hurry up, or am I waiting all day? I mean, we're burning right. fuel up here. What are you doing?" So that's the caveat to it: is all of a sudden whoever's down, yeah, hears when they're flying around and we're working. You can hear everything they're saying. Like, yeah. dude, why is he walking that way? <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> this is the best route. Like, so we, they, they yeah. have to be cognizant yeah. now. Well, and, and another piece of that is now all of a sudden you guys from the air or us from the air can look down and you're just on ICS. You're like, hey, bro, just take two steps to the left or just walk a little bit over there and, and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not radio, hey, uh, go over here. No, just. it's Yeah, you're just talking to them like we are right now. And, so I, and I think it's it, amazing. I said that I think with Barry because Barry's like, I'm good, or something like that. He had said something. Again, we didn't really brief it. Yeah. But now that I think that we've had enough incidents under our belt to know that, you know, with the there's a pertinent time for the HRMs, the mes- the rescue medics, to verbalize something. Yeah. Only when there's, you know, yeah. something substantial or significant. But, but the it, fact they're listening right. the whole time? Right. Not just listening, listening. Well, you know, and the same thing <laughs> yeah, goes when we're, when we're training, right? Like, yeah. they know, like, like there's no hiding that. Like, I'd be like, oh, dude, that one was good. And then Tim's like, no, dude, that wasn't good. Like, <laughs> or you I'd, see I, all the poison oak on there right now? Like, <laughs> or I'd be like, okay, you had to stop your forward. So we're, we're right over target or whatever. And he's like, we're not over target. We said that we briefed that over there. But, no, it holds, oh, it, it, holds uh, it keeps everyone accountable for sure. It adds accountability. Yeah. It does. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, um, we're running out of time, but I'll tell you what, one, uh, if there was any other piece of advice that you would drop for the access system, tell everybody to go get it. What, what would you tell them? That's it. Get it. Go get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it. it's so user-friendly. There's yeah. so little interface that you have to do as, as a user. It turns on automatically on the aircraft. When you turn the aircraft on, you just manually turn your, your yeah. personal uh, receiver on. And that's it. That's it. So how much simpler it, can you get? And me as the pilot, I guess, I mean, it's just, it, it's worked. That's that's my biggest takeaway. I mean, it's worked. I mean, we've talked about, we had a little bit of trust issues with the other ones. 
we'd go out. I mean, you never knew if it was actually going to work or not. You yeah. Know? So whereas is this one, it's we become. Yeah, uh, haven't been let down. We it's, haven't yeah. been let down yet, and it, it works. So, Beautiful. I mean, Communication the is the most fundamental aspect of, oh. of any relationship. Re- yes. Right? And if you yes. don't have it or elect <laughs> not to have it, you're. Like, why would you? Yeah. You know? Your relationship goes to relationship. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I so, can't take that. That was Dane Cook. Yeah. <laughs> I stole it from him. Yeah. Right. So that's why you should get access, right? I to dig keep, it. keep everyone in the loop. Right on. Gentlemen, this has been an absolute pleasure for me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Courtney. Live yeah. at HAI Heli Expo 2024 Vertical Booth. Helicast, I love it. Uh, dude, thanks I for having us. See you guys. Right. Right Thank on. you, dude. Thanks, thanks for having us. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here go now it's time for me to pull chocks and take off but before i go i'm always looking for the memorable rescues that people have done if you have one that you're willing to share or know somebody who has a story please feel free to reach out to me i'd love to highlight it here at the real rescue for everybody that is standing by for that sar alarm remember those in distress are praying for a miracle they're going to get you. So until next time, fly safe and swim hard. Thank you for joining me today here at the Real Rescue Podcast, powered by Vertical Helicast. We'd also like to say thank you to our sponsors for this episode. Axness, the Axness PNG Wireless ICS System, delivers cutting edge wireless ICS technology to any aircraft. As a fully integrated system, or as a carry-on, carry-off mobile base station. The PNG wireless system is the right solution for any mission.